Welcome to episode four of No Thank You Next. Hello. I'm Megan. And I'm Rachel. And you guys are here again. Episode four. We are so grateful. Oh my gosh. We just I were- like, I look forward. I mean, I always look forward to my Wednesdays because you and I would constantly hang out week yeah. after week, made sure that we maintain my our friendship. Yes. My friendship. Our friendship. It's your friendship, Rachel. <laughs> I'm just here to entertain. You're just here to be, you know. A side project. So, guys, Um, I don't know if you know this. Wednesdays Wednesdays used to be, well, you wouldn't know. When, well, let's backtrack. Rachel went to school to be a yoga instructor. Mm -hmm. So then we started using that yoga instructor training. Training. Thank Mm -hmm. you. For. Wednesday hangs. So we would do yoga every Wednesday because I got knocked up and I had a baby and I became a stay at home mom. So Wednesdays are very, very important. Exactly. So we pretended that we would do yoga every Wednesday, but then I just, which we didn't do. We didn't. I come over and we would just hang out, chit chat, and I would catch her up on gossip at work or my life. It was just an excuse to get together. I would see the baby. And then Wednesdays turned into Every Wednesday, I would Every come Wednesday, over. yeah. It's just like a regular, like, you're a part of my Wednesday. No, yeah. sorry, I'm busy. Wednesdays. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I got plans. I mean, eventually, we just started talking about doing a podcast, and now here you guys are listening to us doing this podcast. That's right. Recording on Wednesday. Yeah. Dude, so, we, it's, it's a very special day. It's a special day. <laughs> Some people think Sunday is God's holy day, but we think Wednesday. Wednesdays are it. <laughs> Wednesdays are it. Or if you watch ABC, Thursdays are it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, TGIF. Oh, fuck. Uh, back in Every the day. day is special, guys. If we've learned anything <laughs> right now, every day is special. But, but to this us. But specialer. Oh, but to you guys, Mondays are special. Because we drop our episodes on Mondays, Now you guys know we record really far in advance. <laughs> Because I don't know how to edit. And sometimes I have to edit an episode five times. Yeah, it happens. It happens, folks. That's why we're telling you that this shit ain't easy. It's not easy, but honestly, it's so worth it with all the feedback we've been getting. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it all. Thank you so much. Give me. All right. All right. Here for you. Let's dive in. Okay. Episode four. The debate case. Man, this can be a tough one. The debate case is what it's called. All right. So you know how we always joke around that our phones are listening to us? Because they are. Because they are. <laughs> All the ads that pop up. Yeah. I don't oh even say them out loud. Sometimes. Half the time. Yeah. Yeah. Half yeah. the time you don't even have to say yeah. it out loud. You can just think yeah. it and it will pop up on your phone in an ad. Yes. Well, the majority of us, we laugh it off and we accept it because we're going about our daily lives, not committing felonies or premeditating anything except for we're going to eat next. Like I'm yeah, premeditating I'm always, a Subway sandwich. I'm premeditating like tacos choice. and margaritas. <laughs> <Subway> like sandwich. <laughs> no, like I'm just saying like a sub sandwich. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not affiliated not with brand. Subway. <laughs> mm, this is not an ad. It's a type of sandwich. <laughs> so Jersey Mike's sandwich. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Let's talk more subs. <laughs> Let's good. jump into the episode We're about how we talk Subway sandwiches. <laughs> the Subway by the subs. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Our, not only our, our, our phones listening to us, mm-hmm. but we're buying into Alexa and Echo devices. Well, there's something even as small as your watch that's tracking your eating and your sleep cycle. Like they freak me out. I know I have a cell phone. I know my cell phone knows oh, my shit. every move. I know it knows where I am. Do I feel like I know this case? But I just don't want my like, I just, I just your don't Fitbit? want it. I just don't. Yeah, I won't have one. 
Like I won't. I won't have a smartphone, won't have an Apple So you don't watch. know how many steps you're taking? No, I'm totally cool. Okay. My period app will do that for me if I keep my phone in my back pocket. <laughs> my period app always tells me how many steps how I many took steps that. I what kind of fucking period app do you have? I will show you. No, it really does. It really does. Why? You keep it in your back pocket and you don't even have to like. Wait, but why does a period app tell you how many steps you're taking? <laughs> I'm just saying it's one of those things that can register. You don't even notice it unless you're just like, oh, I want to turn this function off like that's the other thing is that you have other apps that are tracking your information Rich, i feel like we're really glossing over the fact that a period app <laughs> knows how many steps you're taking i will show you guys I'll show you here i just don't understand why is okay. it like you've taken 500 steps your tampons full okay the app is called flow <laughs> flo oh like the progressive lady oh my gosh look right here i walked 1.3 miles as long as that why? was that was the time i had my phone on me so it recognized that that's how many steps i took i don't understand this well that's that's the whole point of this whole situation is because we have all these tiny little trackers on us that that just take all of our daily information we don't even realize it and you know what it can be used for or against you. Oh, God. I know. Oh, God. It's so freaky. Hey, FBI. <laughs> just come take a look. <laughs> we're making it really easy for you to oh just like God. know what we're up to. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just <laughs> kidding. Well, oh in 2015, a murder was committed and the only way to have viable proof to find the killer was all thanks to a Fitbit. Yeah. So 2015, that was four years ago. I mean, mm -hmm. three and a half if we're really being specific because we're yeah. like barely into 2019. Yeah. But that's pretty recent as far as finding information on a Fitbit. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's when they started getting really popular. This is about the time where they're actually, I think that this is actually the first case where they're using a small personal tracking device and they're turning that into evidence and then they're using it in a court case. Like this is the first time that evidence like that is being used in a court case. Wow. So that's pretty cool. That's really so, nuts. Yeah. So my story is a little open-ended, but you'll see when we get to the end. Okay. So the story itself is pretty bananas. I thought it was actually like a Florida man story. Like a Florida man was caught I love eating the face off so of much. Yeah. Off of his neighbors who lived twenty miles down the road. Like you just never know. That's what I thought this was going to be, but it but it wasn't. This is the story of Connie and Richard debate. They're from Ellington, Connecticut. So okay. It's, so it's not Florida. It's up. It's upstate. Yeah. <laughs> it's around Christmas time. People's lights are all set up. I'm sure it's snowing. It's freaking gorgeous and it's peaceful. And like, no, I looked at their house like it's. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. It's really, really pretty where they lived in Connecticut. Wow. So it's December 23rd of 2015. Mm -hmm. So it's right before Christmas and it was mid morning and something went wrong in the debates home. Oh, God. So it's painted as a home invasion gone wrong. It's around 9 a.m. Normally, when you hear about home invasions, they're at night under the cover of darkness. But this is one of those cases where it happened at nine in the morning. Oh, God. I mean, people are supposed to be at work. Their kids well, are all daylight. at school. Those it's are the day time. Yeah, like people are gone. They're not home. So I figured that's why this person thought that it would be hunky-dory to go ahead and just like... <laughs> Live their life. Break in. Yeah. <laughs> so an intruder breaks into the home. They're wearing a mask and they just burst into this couple's bedroom. And the couple just happens to be home on this particular weekday. Richard debate. He sees a stranger just come into his room. <sighs> He wrestles the stranger to the ground, but the stranger breaks free after he sees the wife running down the hall. So the stranger escapes and runs towards the wife down towards the basement, which we all know are not good places to be. 
And where TYs are always at. I'm just telling you. (laughs) So he ran down to the basement and he ended up shooting the wife twice. He shot her in the head and that shot ended up killing her. Jesus. So the intruder ends ends up turning his focus back on Richard, forces him to sit and be tied down to a chair while he's torturing him with a box cutter and burning him with a torch. So yeah, so Richard is only half tied to the chair. For some reason, only his left side's tied to the chair. I like read more into it. His like left leg and left arm are tied, but his right leg and his right arm are free. So Richard forces the torch back onto (gasps) the intruder and he burns the intruder's mask because he has his right arm free. And the intruder just runs for his life out the door, gone by. See you later. And then Richard then tries to pick himself up from the basement floor. Who's like tied to this chair. Yeah. Drag himself upstairs. He hits the panic on the alarm button on the alarm code system for his house. Yeah. And then he goes into the kitchen and then he grabs his phone and tries to call 911 while he is still attached to this chair. There's a lot of blood on the kitchen floor and it's in the basement. And by the time the paramedics get there, they pronounce Connie, his wife, dead at the Mm. scene. So Richard goes to the police station and he's interviewed for six exhausting hours. But things didn't really make sense by the time he was done. Like police still had open-ended questions and they all had the holes in their story. It just didn't, didn't make sense. So the police were starting to look at him as a suspect. Ah, shit. So five days after Connie was killed, Richard files for a life insurance claim on his wife for $475,000. Huh. A month later, Richard withdrew $93,000 from an investment account with his wife's name on it. And so he just continues to go along through his days and there's more bank draining activity. Like there's so much bank draining activity activity happening that the judge will later like say, hey, after this case is happening, like we need to know what's happening with the finances. Like we have a secondary case opened up for like the financial situation of the family in itself. Like, holy shit. This guy's like digging himself a hole. Yeah. So he files this uh, life insurance claim on his wife. And is just like draining all of her accounts. And the police are just taking a look at him and they're like, what's going on? So they end up getting a warrant. Uh, The life insurance company, they ended up denying the claim. Because it ended up being a little bit too suspicious. So he didn't get paid a dime. Okay. So as it turns out, during that six hour police interview, Richard admits he's got a side chick. Yeah, he's got a girlfriend and they have been on and off for years. Years. Like, so while he's been married, he's been seeing his girl for years on end. Uh, Jesus. Surprise. She's pregnant. (gasps) At the time that this whole story breaks, she's about seven months pregnant. So Richard makes up this story that Connie couldn't get pregnant. And it was Connie's idea that he get another woman pregnant. So that way they could all co-parent this baby together. Connie did not motherfucking say that. No, (laughs) no woman is like... Sure. Go ahead and impregnate anybody. (laughs) Let's raise that baby together. Third in. Oh, and uh, BT Dubs, Connie and Richard. They already have two kids together. They have two boys. They're at the time. They're ages six and nine, and they were in school when the daytime quote unquote home invasion occurred. Of course. So right. So the police warrant that they obtained, they allowed them to go into the home and take the home alarm system records, phone records, like cell phone records, Mm -hmm. uh, Facebook and computer activity and Connie's Fitbit. 
as evidence. So Richard claims that Connie was killed around 9.18 a.m. And he's saying that like she was shot and killed like this woman ain't moving. Well, Connie's Fitbit shows that she was walking around from 9.18 to about 10.10 a.m. Like she was walking around for like an hour after he said that she had allegedly been killed. Like she walked 1,217 feet. Hmm. So interesting so richard was saying that when he was tied to this chair and was being tortured by the intruder with the box cutter and the blowtorch and everything Mm -hmm. those are all richard's tools all the stuff the torch everything like it's all richard's stuff so it's like how does this person know to go into your house where all your shit was that's not the end of it so um the weapon that was used to shoot connie it was a 357 Magnum handgun that Richard had purchased two months prior. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this type of handgun, I looked it up. It's a doozy. Like it's a it's a heavier sized handgun. Shit. It's designed for people who aren't used to shooting a gun. So it kind of like levels levels it out for you a little bit. Like as you go to shoot it, it's not going to like oh. recoil and like have this like crazy back okay. effect on it. And like yeah. you're not going to have any of that issue. Got it. Um, it's like a 22 is like a really easy like. Yeah. Like it's super. A 22 is so easy to shoot. Yeah. Like I've shot a 22 before and they're they're tiny bullets. But oh, OK. But this type of handgun's pretty, pretty legit. So you can use it for like safety as far as a home invasion is concerned but like you can kill a deer with it like oh it's, interesting it's okay. heavy it's heavy right. duty so that's what connie was shot with twice was this little a lighthearted fact as lighthearted as you can be when you're talking about a, a murder podcast and just because dogs are the best so when the police arrived at the scene of the house Hmm. They brought police dogs to search for an intruder scent. Oh, okay. And they searched all around the house and around the yard and they went everywhere and they could not find an intruder except for one dog who just kept following Richard around everywhere. And they even followed him to the ambulance when he went to go get checked out before he got went down to the police station to go give that six hour interview. Yeah. So so the, the night before the whole incident happened, Connie and Richard, they were actually fighting about money, not to mention that homeboy Richard keeps opening credit cards in Connie's name and he's going to strip clubs. He's buying flowers for his side chick. He's staying at the super fancy motel six. Like he's like living fancy. He's living the dream. Connie actually had notes on her phone saying reasons why I want a divorce. And so she just listed (laughs) all the reasons of like how (laughs) shitty of a person he is as far as like stealing her money and just like hiding. And she just, she was, was over it she was done after all this shit happened i mean mm-hmm. they could have just gotten divorced yeah he had a side chick he was telling his side chick he threw text messages and stuff like i'm leaving her we're separated we're di- you know we're getting yeah. a divorce like it's done but um richard ended up being arrested a few months later <gasps> and he was charged with the first degree murder of allegedly killing his wife connie his bail was posted at a million dollars and so so for those of you who don't know you only actually have to pay about 10% of the posted amount. So if they say like, oh, you're on bail for a million dollars, you pay a hundred thousand and then you're out. Yeah. So, but a hundred thousand dollars, that's a lot of money. So I don't know if it was his own money. Which recently wasn't R. Kelly's at a hundred thousand. He couldn't even, and he couldn't pay it. Anyways, this is an R. Kelly podcast. (laughs) So he, he pled not guilty and his trial starts next month in April of 2019. That was the thing that I was going to tell you guys. I just want to say, I'm sorry ahead of time because I keep getting so excited and so interested whenever I learn about these murders. I yeah. mean, I researched like five other men. 
when, but I yeah. landed on this one because it just sounded so crazy that I didn't even see that there wasn't a trial date or that the shit was solved and this person's in prison. Like, yeah. no, none of that. So, so I'll Rachel, just, I'll find what? a crime. I'll find a crime from the 90s next time so we can actually For have God an sakes. ending. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> We just have to keep updating these people. It's just so interesting. I had never heard that case. Oh, okay. So yeah, I'm really, I mean, this happened in 2015. So I'm excited. All right. So my story is about a woman named Nadine Aburas. This story is going to be a little bit different than what I've been doing on these episodes where it's like they meet on a date and then they die on the second date. (laughs) This is going to be like, there's some time that takes place after they meet online. Nadine was a 28 year old British student going to school for architecture, living in a small town named Cardeed. Her family described her as funny, confident, and a true artist. She was living on her own and going to schools. So her mom started to encourage her to date. She felt hesitant to do online dating, but her mom actually sat down and set up her profile on muslimmatch.com. I didn't even know they had that. I know. They have one for apparently a match for every whatever Persona, you are. Persona, religion, yeah. religion background, anything. sexual anything. enterprise. Yeah, they really do. So she's Muslim, but I think she was just looking for men that were different. That weren't in this small, tiny town that she was in. Oh, speaking of Santa Clarita, <laughs> small town that was just very, you know, predictable. It, yeah, she was looking mm-hmm. for something outside of that. All right. So she meets a man named Sammy Almari, who is 46. And from what he tells her, he is a successful New York businessman and he's very rich. His words. It's not yours? Like, no, not mine. <laughs> he thinks money is status in New York and, you know. It's all about it's, it's all about, about status, about yeah. how rich you are. It's basically like your Instagram profile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was his basically his online persona. Ugh. His um profile was all him being like bougie as fuck. Douchebag. This of course sounds super exciting to Nadine. So she wanted to meet because she wanted to meet someone from a large city and that had a large personality and that was funny and had bigger goals to just bigger outside of a small town. She wanted to leave this small town and it was exciting to meet someone outside of it that she could potentially move to that city or whatever. That's understandable. They start a long distance relationship over Skype and on phone. He even starts to buy her things when they start progressing. Like months in, he buys her a new cell phone so they can communicate better, a new laptop so they can Skype better. And to her, these are just things that are taking care of her and to support her. Absolutely. So at a certain point, he says, I want to support you. And I want to support you because your art is so beautiful that he wanted to pay for her schooling. And she, these things are super exciting, but she was kind of hesitant. Like she felt adored, but at the same time, these gifts were extravagant and someone supporting her that way. She had never been supported that way. It's too much. Yeah. When it's somebody, a lot. When somebody dotes on you too much or when they're just yeah. like, oh, you like tattoos? Let me buy one for you. Yeah. It's oh, just, those are really pretty earrings. You have your ears pierced? Here's a new pair of jewelry. Like, which, yeah, it's no. nice. But at the same time, it's like, it's what's, your, what's your motive? What's your gain? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So her family just keeps telling her, honestly, you deserve this. This is someone that wants to take care of you. This has never happened and you just deserve it. So she slowly starts to embrace this new support that he wants to give her. So as time goes on, she's like, okay. So he even comes to visit her two or three times 
in the first year that they're dating. And she seems to, they're quick visits. They're not long stayed weekends or anything, but she starts to get comfortable with him. So they start talking marriage around the second year that they're talking. This is long distance for a couple of years. Right. They start talking um, marriage basically because they're talking every day, which actually, have you watched the show Pen15? It was interesting because it really brought up memories. They have a whole episode on AOL Instant Messenger and getting their (sighs) username. I went into a chat room one summer and it was for... The Matrix, which I still, by the way, have never seen. I make it to what? the point. I know. I take it. I make it to the point where they go to take the pills, and every time, without fail, either I fall asleep. I I don't I don't know. Without fail, I was even in when I was in Australia. <laughs> my like, brother was like, "We're gonna watch this," and without fail, oh we made it to that part. <laughs> no, and then my dad was like, "Okay, guys, we gotta go," and I was like, <laughs> "It is a fucking sign. I do not need to watch this movie. Like, it it's, was insane. It's one of the best movies." <laughs> I honestly haven't ever seen the past the pills. So I'm just going to live this life. Anyways, it doesn't even matter to this story. I'm I'm shook. It was a chat room for the Matrix and it was like five other people in the room. Why were you in there? I don't know. (laughs) And I I was in there. (laughs) Yeah. No, God. And my screen name was Roxy G-U-R-L. Roxy Girl. I had like Lil Surf Bum. That was my name. I think another one that was like Hawaiian Girl or something. I had like 17 names. It was either Roxy or Surf or like the number 13 was involved. Which also I believe like around that time, (laughs) didn't that Roxy car come out? Yeah. Oh my God. Roxy was so big, guys. I even went to one of their like Wahine surf competitions for my 18th birthday and I got to meet one of my favorite pro surfers. Yeah. That's amazing. I was so into surfing. Anyways. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, Guys, I swear there's a point to this We got an ending to this. (laughs) So I met a boy in the chat room. It was my sophomore year of high school. We talked on the phone for two years. We met when we were 18 years old and then dated. What? Yeah. What? Like my first ever real boyfriend was who I met in an AOL instant message. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I met him in a chat room. So uh, I feel the, like, I feel like we can make like an entire spinoff episode about it's on pen 15. <laughs> oh my God. So no, she but like, a, I know. Yeah. We can Emma make and a whole, I have a similar yeah. experience. Well, he went crazy, it's but it's besides the point. But so basically I know the intensity that you feel Mm -hmm. when you're talking for literally two years and there is nothing physical. Oh yeah. Because we weren't close. So there was nothing we could do that was physical. It was simply us talking and the amount of in love I felt for him. Anyways. So once they started talking marriage and he had visited, the relationship started getting a bit more intense, but not in a good way due to the time change, because he was in New York and she was in the UK. They, she would stay up all hours of the night talking to him. He would message her, hello, hello, until she freaking answered. He would leave voicemails that were like, answer your phone, hello. And what's really funny is like, this takes place in 2015. This takes place over the span of 2014, 2015. Mm -hmm. And who has answering machines? Who was he saying, answer the phone to? It was a voicemail. That's like my mom, like, Rachel. Yeah. It's your mom, answer the phone. <laughs> like, it's I'm like, going to hear this, like, way after the fact. I Like, it rang, I ignored it. Yeah. Text now you're me. leaving a voicemail. I'm never going to listen to it. I'm not going to listen to it, one. And two... I can't hear what you're saying. Anyways, so to Nadine, these things just felt like Sammy was caring about her and wanted to talk to her. But personally, it just felt super duper controlling. Honestly, do not let a man text you. Hello? Question mark. Do hello? Hello? Not. Hello? Hello? God. Nobody wants that shit. 
Nobody wants it. And I'm fucking busy. <laughs> God. I know. Yeah. So anyways, I felt super triggered by what he was doing to her. Oh, God. Eventually, Sammy offers to buy her a flight to New York to visit him. And she jumps at the chance because quickly she's falling in love with him. And she's just so excited to see where he lives. She's only ever seen it on FaceTime. And she wants to see this beautiful, lavish apartment that he keeps showing her on camera. Right. But unfortunately, the trip turns sour within days because he tries to physically assault her and rape her. She reports this to the police stating that he strangled and raped her (gasps) and she even sent photos to her sister. She had a bruised body, lip, and black eyes. Oh my god. (laughs) That's like in... Nadine goes home and she's like, that's it. I'm done. Absolutely. Like, I think all of us would be completely done. Men and women across the board. Yeah. That are mental, that are abusive, that are manipulative. It's really, really hard to get out of these situations. But Nadine saw the light and was like, fuck that. Good. So she gets home, tells her sister that she's done. Unfortunately, Sammy has a different plan. Sammy's not done. Sammy's not done. He gets sadistic and he won't let the relationship end. And he starts blackmailing Nadine. Mm. He has photos and videos that they had taken from over the time they had been dating long distance. Of course. Of course. You're going to send little nudies. Yeah. And like, you're going to have fun. Exactly. Sex, and you're, you're going to show pictures. Exactly. You're going to start just, I mean, you're going to, uh, you're not physically near each other but you feel those feelings exactly so nadine starts freaking out well yeah because she thinks her naked booty is gonna be all over the internet because this ass white yeah exactly so he threatens he's gonna send it to her family her friends and post them on facebook so her brother happens to be looking at her phone or i'm not entirely sure but he sees on her phone that she has a message from him saying that he's going to blackmail her with these photos and he sends a photo that he's going to use to blackmail her so her brother sees this photo and he's like okay this is like intense so he tells her mom well their mom and when her mom confronts her she immediately panics on another level and she's like i'm gonna have to move towns i'm gonna have to change my name i'm gonna have to just start a whole new life because if these photos leak like that's the end of me i can't i don't know what to do with my life yeah. like this is not what i had planned for those photos oh my god so if my mom gave me my nudies that i sent to somebody else i just i would die i would die rachel what nudes have you ever sent what do you mean what 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 nudes what nudes <laughs> <laughs> So it was basically the only way he knew how to control her was to blackmail her and he wanted to keep controlling her. So it was working. So Nadine decides to invite Sammy to Caradine in a bid to confront him and persuade him to hand over the photos. Mm -hmm. Her family felt she was confident in this decision. So they wanted to support her. And so she calls him and he's completely on board. He thinks that he's persuading her. On December 28th, he comes to visit and Nadine goes to Heathrow Airport to pick him up and they go straight to her flat where they stay for two days. It's unknown what happens in those two days, what they talked about or what happened and why they stayed at the flat for two days. But on on December 30th, Nadine's brother, because the family had been trying to contact her during those two days and she hadn't called anyone back, was concerned. So he decides to do a surprise visit. And when he gets there, he sees that Sammy is there still in town and in her flat. And he's like, uh, what the fuck? Yeah. They get 
into a physical altercation and Nadine's brother actually kicks him out and takes him to the train station to make sure that he's fucking gone. And he's supposed to take a train to the airport, but he doesn't. Of course not. While it's interesting because on CCTV footage, you see him like start patting his legs and his like body. Okay. And he forgot his phone and passport. Okay. I was going to say that that usually means that you forgot something. Yeah. yeah. You're just like, because you're looking for something. Yeah. He goes to a hotel and books a hotel at the future inn, which is actually super duper close to to Nadine's flat. So he calls her at the hotel and says, hey, can you please bring my passport and my phone because I left them at your flat. So while he's waiting, he downs a bottle of gin, takes shots at the hotel bar. Oh God, I'm already sick. Yeah. (laughs) And so she goes to the hotel to bring in the stuff and she isn't able to find his phone, unfortunately. So she only brings his passport. I don't know what she said to him, but she's probably like, I'll mail it to you later. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, So he asks her, can we please go to dinner and continue talking before I go home? And Nadine's like, okay. So Nadine picks a restaurant that she actually worked at previously. So she knew the staff and felt safe there. Okay. Okay. And so so the, peop- the people that were working that night said that he was completely wasted and they only stayed for 50 minutes and it was incredibly tense. So they go back to the hotel and on the CCTV footage, it was 11-11. The most luckiest uh, of times. It's supposed to be. We can't even talk about 11-11. This story may have ruined our wishing. Oh no. It was the last time Nadine was seen alive on CCTV footage. Sammy is seen coming down at midnight to go to the casino where he takes out a large sum of cash on the ATM at the ATM at the casino and on the ATM footage he is seen with scratches all over his face okay yeah okay so at this point he's had 11 tequila shots oh my god every bitch's ears just perked up and they're like scratches on the face I know that doesn't happen (sighs) it's yeah it's not it's not good no so he's had 11 tequila shots two beers and a bottle of gin 11 tequila shots can you imagine no. And I love tequila. Like I, I like going and having like little reposado shots of tequila. No, like I, I like tequila. I like it. I love it. I want some I more like of it. it. A lot. Yeah. But to have 11 shots. <laughs> it's too many. You're most likely to He's super like fucked up. Like he's just so, ass. so fucked up. So at 3 a.m. He is seen leaving the hotel by staff. And on his way out, he says, I'm checking out, but I just want to let you know I left the do not disturb sign up because my sister is still sleeping. So around noon on January 31st, New Year's Eve, I'm assuming they needed the room for New Year's. And so they're like, OK, I mean, she's been sleeping a really long time. So the manager on duty goes into the room and they find Nadine's body fully dressed under the sheets with a crude written note next to her body saying, my love, Sammy, our love has come to an end. Oh my gosh. It's obviously, it was written hastily. Yeah. Like like you're framing it. Yeah. And you're making it seem like you're the sap. Like, oh, my sweet pea. Well, wait. Wait and see. (laughs) So the police are immediately called, of course. They gather all the facts. And first thing they know is Sammy was the last person to see her alive and stated his sister was sleeping. So they need to find him. It turns out Sammy stole Nadine's car, her phone and her laptop, which they don't say. But I'm sure he kind of took it because one, he didn't have a cell phone. And two, he had put spy software on both of them. He was monitoring her 
and all of her text messages, all of her emails, everything she did on her laptop and phone, he was watching. That's like fucking terrifying. Yeah. Now they find out that Sammy took her car, Mm -hmm. went to Heathrow Airport and flew the fuck out of there. So they start gathering as much evidence as they can because they don't know where he went yet because he bought a remember he took out all that cash like a one-way ticket well yeah but he remember he took all the cash like Mm -hmm. they don't have credit card or anything they don't know anything yet like it's too soon so they know he went to Heathrow at least they got the license plate video and were able to track that license plate to Heathrow airport so as they're investigating and collecting evidence the front desk calls up and says uh we have a phone call and they're asking for us to check on the person in the room that Sammy was in and he's like I'm calling to check on my friend they're like the police are like yeah I want to talk to him yeah. And they trace the phone number and it's Nadine's phone number. <gasps> so they're like, okay, we know it's him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they put two and two together and they're like, okay. So they answer the call and tell him they want answers. Mm-hmm. And they found a note with Nadine's body and it looks cruelly written. And he was the last one to see her. So what the fuck happened? And he starts basically coming from a new direction. He's like, I'm calling because I left for a flight to Qatar. And when I left, my friend didn't seem okay. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I should such a head tilt. I knocked my microphone stand out of the way. (laughs) God. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. That was all physical reaction no verbal <laughs> for those of us listening <laughs> when you hear the right like a cat when they hear when they hear a noise and they don't know who it is or a dog sorry it was me <laughs> okay so when they take the phone call so basically he's saying i just wanted to check up and they're like uh we need fucking answers <laughs> so they ask him why did you think she wasn't okay and he starts to get more irate and weird and it's clear to the detective that sammy is wasted and then they hear a woman in the background they decide to get a negotiator on the phone because now we're dealing with someone that's it's a little more high stakes like it's not just someone checking in like now there's a person with him right so they find a trace on him and they find out he's actually actually in Tanzania and he completely lied where he was. So he starts saying, oh, no, 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 I'm in Havana, Cuba. And due to him being all over the map of what he's saying, where he is, they're like, "Okay, we're going to focus on what we know. And we know he's in Tanzania, but they don't want to let him know that they know that. So they keep him on the phone to make sure this woman is safe. And they're asking him, like, what are you doing in Cuba? Why are you with this woman? And his response immediately is like, I'm going to do to her as I did to Nadine. <gasps> yeah escalation and it and he starts saying i feel so sad i i'm gonna kill her blah 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 and the interrogator or the um the negotiator is trying just constantly trying to calm him down just calm him down because now yeah. they're scared for her because at that point it's like it's a diffusion situation it's yeah. no longer yeah, yeah. they're just we want to catch you yeah it's, it's more like, like how can we just maintain this, this person yeah. we need to maintain their safety so um He's like, she said she wanted to be with the saints. I strangled her for more than five minutes. I was scared. He's like all over the map. He's saying he's going to kill her. Says he was scared. She wasn't okay. Now this. So that makes him upset again by retelling that story. And he ends the call saying, I'm going to end my life today. I'm sorry to the family. Like spoiler. Yeah. He's, he doesn't kill himself. Of course not. No, because why would a fucking murder? He's too egotistical. He wants to know how it all pans out. Yeah. So after, after not hearing from him for a day, detectives call Nadine's phone because they have a direct 
lying to him. Hello, Sammy, is that you? You miss me. Where are you now, Sammy? What's funny, Sammy? Why are you laughing? I'm at so far, I'm not getting I'm a Cuba, Cuban, Havana. Is that the truth? Is it during Havana? I'm in Havana. Oh, so as they're talking to him, he's now states he's going to turn himself in to the American embassy in Puerto Rico because now he's going to Puerto Rico, he says. And as the call goes on, it's traced and he's still in Tanzania. So still a fucking liar. Mm -hmm. And they can also trace not only the call, but her phone. He has it on. Right. So they can freaking find where it is. He goes on to admit he isn't in Puerto Rico and he's not going to turn himself in. He says, (laughs) which is like they basically knew that already. Yeah. So he says he didn't mean to kill her and I love her, you know, but she asked me to help her die and then just hangs up. This is the last time the detective, the detectives are able to get a hold of him. So they had to focus on building a case and physical evidence in the UK. Like that's all they can do because he's in another country where laws are different and it's really hard to extradite people, especially when they have no idea where he is. That's the other thing when it's like, when it's like a country to country thing, like it's, it's super super difficult to be able to build a case and to bring this yeah. shit up to justice. It's yeah. not, it's not cut and dry. There's, no, there's exactly. too many avenues. Yeah. So they go to Nadine's flat and they start basically saying like, okay, what, like, what were the last things that happened? What were they doing for those t- two days? So they find his phone and it's underneath a chair. That's basically, I'm sure during the altercation with the brother, he dropped it. It fell and that's why she couldn't find it. It was under a chair. So they find it and there's text messages, threatening text messages that he had sent to Nadine. And one of the most chilling texts that the last text that he sent was, don't mistake my kindness for weakness. I will choke you with the hand that feeds you. What the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. That's not okay. No. (laughs) So as that's happening. That's mean. (laughs) That's so mean. Why would you text me that? so mean. Yeah, it's really mean. So as they're investigating on January 2nd, 2015, Sammy has Nadine's phone and laptop. So he starts posting on her Facebook with crude comments. And then he starts texting her friends and family from her phone. So imagine you're sitting there and Nadine's number pops up and it's a text message. Then yo, fuck you. <laughs> no, way worse. Oh. So he texts her mom. I know how you feel. Let little go. I love her too. It's your fucking son. And it's your fault Nadine's dead. And you're next. <gasps> this sends the family into like a pit of despair. Uh, when like he yeah. hasn't been found. And honestly, like... Wow, that's fucking horrible to get on your phone, especially with your daughter's name as the sender. Like, yeah, that's just so heart wrenching. That's some wicked evil shit right there. Exactly. Like like you you're inhumane when you start sending shit like that. No, completely below. Completely. So the only thing they know to do, because the thing is, he's in another country. So without knowing his actual location, they decide to go to the media. They knew they needed to target Tanzania specifically because they knew that's where he was. And so they get Nadine's mother to go on live TV and plead for him to turn himself in. And this story goes global. And it was a huge story in Tanzania specifically. So they were able to start getting some tips from the area. And they even send some They send a couple of South Wales police officers to where the tips are coming from. So they have some people 
in the town so that they, maybe they can make some progress with the case. They continue to gather more tips while they're there and they find out that his family is in Iringa. I'm not sure if that's how you say it. And on January 19th, they were able to finally find him and detain him. But because he was in another country, he couldn't be extradited for quite some time. So on March 23rd, he's finally extradited to the UK. And the detective that met him to extradite him says that when he met, he was charming and an intelligent person. He was quite manipulative, was smartly dressed and very confident. He was well turned out when we met. And that's the perception he wanted to give off to Nadine and her family, someone who was successful, a businessman. But I don't think that was the case. They found out during the investigation that he was actually a limo driver and worked at a local grocery store in New York. And he wasn't like the sweet Joe, the grocer, like from Bachelorette. <laughs> he was like a nasty grocer. So they take the trip back to the UK and the detective continues by saying he didn't really comprehend what was going to happen. I don't think I don't know whether he thought someone was going to buy him out, but he was very chatty, friendly and confident until we made it to the Heathrow airport and he was booked into custody at the airport police station and charged with the murder. That's when we saw a difference in him. He was seen fit to stand trial and Sammy pleaded not guilty. So his court date was set for October 19th, 2016. This is 18 months after they had actually booked him. 18 months they had to wait for a trial. But after the first day of the trial and proceedings had started, he decided to plead guilty. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. The detective thinks that he had done that because he didn't want to face the family in court. And he was sentenced on November 3rd to life in prison. Oh my gosh. And Nadine's mom is quoted saying after the sentence, Sammy Omari took the glue that held our family together and no sentence given to this man can compare to the sentence that he has given us. It's true. That's so crazy. What a crazy story. He's such a piece of shit, but aren't they all? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my well, goodness. Thank so. you for sticking around for another episode and another couple stories that are always so awful. I know. We're here to terrify you on the weekly basis. So thanks for participating in our terrible stories. Yes. I hope you guys <laughs> like how that we end with bloopers because we felt that you just that's the cool leave. down. Yeah. That's the murder exactly. cool down. Yeah. It's so heavy sometimes that maybe you just need to giggle with us because right. we laugh constantly, like inappropriately. <sighs> we try not we we try to laugh in appropriate places. <laughs> we we gauge it. We gauge it. But just like you guys do when you listen. Yeah, exactly. Thank you again for listening. Follow us at No Thank You Next Podcast. And just keep sending us all that glorious, good juju. Yes, please. We want and all of it. Tell your friends. Go on iTunes and give us a rate and review. And yeah, leave comments. Anywhere you listen, leave a comment. Leave yeah. a rating because that, that helps boost our... Yeah. Morale and our ability to be (laughs) showcased. Exactly. uh, On these platforms. So yes, please, please, please continue to share the love. We are so, so appreciative. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. And we will see you back here for another horrible episode next week. Bye. Bye. And they go straight to her flat. So they state, I feel like there's a better way to word this. So on November 20th, oh my God, I don't have the right date. Jesus. It's fine. Okay. 
So on November, oh my god, <laughs> damn it! <laughs> so I leave. You mean you don't live here? <laughs> no. <laughs> Good. It's noisy here. <laughs> I know. There's not enough earplugs in the world no way. to sustain my lifestyle in this house. <laughs> Patricia? <laughs> Susan? Susan's a good one. That is a good one. Yeah, you can always yell at us, Susan. <laughs> Sorry for all you Susans who are listening. You have a really yellable name. <laughs> Sorry that you've become the name. Like Kyle. <laughs> right. Poor Kyle last week. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> You're like... <laughs> she went home with closed eyes, Rachel. <laughs> Both that's what I think when I have black gone. eyes. Like that's like an allergic reaction. That's <laughs> who I met in an AOL instant message chat. <laughs> AOL instant messenger chat forum. Oh my god! <laughs> chat room. God, I met him chat in a room. Chat, it's room. A chat room. It's a chat room. <laughs> <laughs>